HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Corin, a supplier of Japanese chef knives and restaurant supplies. For more information, visit corin.com. This week on Meet and 3, meet four of our HRN Hall of Fame inductees. These prolific individuals are writers who have changed the way we talk about food. We'll take a look at the journeys that shaped their literary voices. I was heading off into the unknown to spend my junior year of college in Paris. We'll explore the culinary landscape they work within. You know, it was that whole self-made American idea that you, you can just kind of create a new world from scratch, including a new way of eating. And look at the transformative effect that their work has on what we eat and where it comes from. It gets down to management deciding that humane handling is important. You've got to have management that cares. And if management doesn't care, then you're going to have a bunch of bad stuff. You can learn more about HRN's 10th Anniversary Hall of Fame at heritageradionetwork.org slash hall of fame. And don't forget to subscribe to Meet and 3 wherever you listen to podcasts. That's M-E-A-T plus sign T-H-R-E-E. Hello, welcome to Japanese. I'm your host, Aki Katayama, a food writer and director of the New York Japanese Culinary Academy, which promotes deep understanding of Japanese cuisine in America. We are broadcasting live from our studio at Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn. This show is all about Japanese food and food culture. We see sushi at every daily in the supermarket, but what is beyond sushi? We hear dashi, ramen, izakaya, but what exactly are they? Japanese food is still a mystery for many people, and I try to demystify it in this program with my cool guests. My guest today is James Kum, the owner of Landmark, Ma- Landmark Wine and Spirits in Chelsea, Manhattan. At the back of the store is a special section, Minoru's Sake Shop, that feature, uh, features a regional sake, and he is recognized as one of the professionals who re- effectively promote the ja- preciousness of the Japanese sake by the Consulate General of Japan. So today we'll discuss uh, James' unique analysis of Japanese sake market as a retailer, the latest trend of popular sake, how to pick a bottle of sake at the retail shop, and much, much more. But uh, before we start, we uh, Japan Eat is available on the Heritage Radio Network with website as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify as a podcast. So please go to iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify and subscribe to Japan Eats. And please write a review. We really appreciate your feedback. Uh, 
And if you have any ideas about the topics of the show or show guests, please let us know. You can email us at japanneeds at heritageradionetwork.org or akikotaema.com. Now let's start a conversation with James Kum. Hello, James. Welcome. Hi, Akiko. Thank you for having me. So, so this is my regular、uh, favorite question.、Uh, where are you from? And、uh, what did you eat when you grew up? I grew up in Long Island, New York. And growing up, I ate very basic Korean food and basic, basic American food.、Mm. So, what do you mean by basic Korean?、Uh, you know, your staples are, are rice and panchan, our side dishes,、mm-hmm. and some sort of protein. Uh, noodles mixed in here or there. The, the menus weren't that diverse because growing up, we didn't have like a, like you have now, a ton of Korean markets and access to all these、uh, imported Korean foods and ingredients. So、mm. you had to keep it pretty simple. Yeah, that sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so,、um, so I heard you acquired ownership of Landmark Wine and Spirits in 2003. And how did you get into the sake in the first place? Well, I grew up in a liquor store. My dad. Has owned a liquor store for many decades now.、Mm. And so I was always surrounded by alcohol, sake being one of those.、Mm. And,、um, you know, after buying Landmark,、um, it was a natural progression. You know,、mm. being Asian American, you're drawn to certain things. And in the alcohol world, there weren't that many uh, products, uh, Eastern products or Asian products、mm. uh, that were on the shelf.、Uh, sake. Often, sake made in America actually were、uh, one of the very few、uh, Asian items、uh, mm. available in a store. Right. So, 2003 is、uh, 16 years ago. That was probably the beginning of sake becoming more popular. And、uh, I think that Nobu、uh, opened a Nobu, Matisa opened a Nobu restaurant and other things like all expensive restaurants started to be more popular in this country. So, that the expensive sake, high quality sake started to be more popular. But not in 2003 as much as now, eh? That's very true.、Um, a lot of high end stuff around 2003, the economy here was really, really excellent.、Mm. Um, and, you know, a lot of high end items like, like Nobu's restaurant, that, those things were popular. But sake on a regular basis,、uh, drinking it once a week at home, that was not really a thing yet.、Mm, right. Okay, so we'll figure out what happened <laughs> soon.、Um, But、uh, so, what is special about sake and maybe shochu for you personally compared to other types of beverages?、Uh, sake is, it's like, it's magical, you know?、Uh, and if you drink good sake, you know that immediately.、Mm. Uh, the alcohol calibration around 15, 16% is, is perfect. It's, it's lacking preservatives, a lot of the negative things that come into、uh, our alcohol、mm. uh, supply. Uh, I like to call it, say, like the fresh fruit of alcohol.、Mm. It's really difficult to find something、um, uh, uh, young, high quality,、uh, and really pretty in、mm. alcohol. Right, because it's supposed to drunk and quickly compared、Absolutely. to. Very right.、Um, okay, so,、um, so why did you acquire Lanwan Wine and Spirits,、uh, which is ob- obviously you know, wine liquor store, so, and in New York City? So, To really wanted to sell more Japanese sake and Japanese that, spirits? That was part of it.、Um, but look, I'm your classic Asian American, grew up in the Northeast. You're like told to go to a good college, maybe get a profession, I'm a doctor, lawyer.、Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of people, you know, I'm in my 40s, so in my generation, a lot of people like that.、Mm. Um, that wasn't really for me. 
So I went into small business. Uh, being in a liquor store was natural to me. Mm. Uh, you know, weird to some of my friends saying, "Oh, like, what are you doing?" Right? So if my friends in medical school or, or studying to be an attorney say, "Oh, you bought a liquor store," that's what our parents used to do. Mm. So, but I decided to go for it anyway. And, and uh, you know, uh, part of owning a business, small business, is expressing yourself, right? Mm. So, uh, still, most of my products were uh, European based. Uh, wines and spirits, mm. um, or some uh, California wines, uh, Long Island wines. Uh, so my natural, uh, I had a natural gravitation towards uh, s- selling uh, a- Asian spirits. Mm. And in terms of quality, availability, um, and interesting stories, sake is is at the top of that list. Right. So now that you have a wide scope in terms of the types of beverages that you have, so. Do you think overall market tend to be more craft oriented instead of, you know, like big producer company liquors and spirits? That's absolutely um, true with sake.、Mm. Now, this is alcohol, though, so、uh, you always have to kind of、um, you, you got to give in a little bit to the big companies. They'll always be there, right? Because、mm. with distribution and, and、right. they always have an advantage over the small craft producers, marketing、mm. budget, all that kind of stuff. But uh, sake, uh, the availability of sake that、uh, has long history, that's still very handmade, that is truly a craft alcohol product.、Mm. There's so many of those、uh, in Japan, but even in New York, there's such a, a wide variety of those. It's really amazing.、Mm. Right. So,、um, yeah, classically and still now,、um, majority, I think majority of sake producers make sake only once a year. And it's such a manual work that they can't keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so,、um, that's why I think that's another reason the number of sake breweries are declining. That's very true. It, it's not easy to make sake, you know? It's not easy to make it, it's not easy to sell it.、Um, It's、uh, so the people who do it, I mean, they have so much passion,、mm. uh, so much commitment,、uh, and very often so much history, right?、Uh, right. Many generations deep.、Mm. Right. So, you know, listeners, if you get a chance to visit Sake Brewery, you feel like, wow, this is something special. And I think,、uh, James, you are, you are kind of a storyteller for them. I really appreciate what you do. Thank you. So,、um, so, I had a guest、uh, who produced and distributed sake on the show before, but、um, being a retailer, what kind of different perspectives do you have? So, the retailer, we're in touch with so many different types of consumers.、Mm. And, you know, as opposed to, say, a retailer in、uh, a city that's not visited often, we're in New York,、mm. right? We're, we're at the cross section, one of the cross sections of the world where you have. Such a diverse population of people living here, but also so many、uh, different types of people visiting here.、Mm. So, a lot of the, those people come into our store.、Mm. And say you're from Germany and you come into our store and you see all these sake and you go, oh man, you know, where I live in, say, Munich, you can't, you know, you can't get this many sake.、Mm. So,、uh, it, it's a really cool experience to be able to sell to people from other parts of the world, you know, of course, all around the United States as well.、Mm. So, our ability to touch people from all over is, I think, something very, very unique.、Mm, right.、Um, okay. So, why do you think people are buying sake right now? It varies, you know.、Um, and that's why 
having a singular marketing strategy for sake is really difficult, mm. right? So I would say one of the common threads uh, is some sort of interest in Japanese culture,、mm. uh, whether it be food, fashion, music,、um, anime, anything.、Uh, it's a natural progression from that, right? Because、mm. they'll see sake. In a movie, or they'll have watched a documentary, or they'll have tried sake in their favorite Japanese restaurant.、Mm. Um, so it's a nice,、uh, nice way for them to be able to experience more Japanese culture.、Mm. And in a way, I heard、uh, like people who are into anime happen to go to Japan and have some sake, come back, look for good sake. That kind of like good circle. Absolutely, yeah, it's all connected.、Mm. You know, it really is. Right? Yeah, it's 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 far beyond a bottle of. Um, alcoholic beverage, I think. That's so that's、much. true.、Yeah. Right. Okay. And、uh, so, so let's talk about、uh, your special mineral,、uh, mineral sake shop, which is a part of your store. So, what is,、uh, what is a mineral sake shop?、Uh, I like to think of mineral sake shop as kind of this evolution of、uh, selling spirits with a very kind of global outlook. Mm hmm. So,、uh, Minoru Sake Shop itself started off as a section in the store,、mm. then kind of a pop up, and now it takes up about half the store. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's really, really grown, and it's only grown because、uh, the reactions that we've gotten, the response. People love it,、um, and committing to、uh, the category、mm. by giving it more real estate、uh, gives people more license to purchase these items、mm. because it's, it's a far different experience than. You know, seeing a small sake section on the bottom shelf of a big store with like three dusty bottles of sake. <laughs> you don't、so、want to buy it. Yeah, you don't want to buy that, <laughs> right. right? But if you come in and you see this big, beautiful section, it's branded separately, and you see somebody is putting care、uh, and investment into it, that gives you the license to purchase something there,、mm, I think. Right.、Um, so, wh- wh- what's the. Who is Minoru? <laughs> <laughs> Minoru、uh, is an amazing guy. Well, he passed away a few years ago, but he's a family member of mine.、Mm. Um, and he is、um, everything like successful business, a, a businessman, father. He's kind, humorous, really.、Uh, he's a Tokyo resident, but、uh, traveled the world, working all around the world.、Mm. Um, and、uh, just someone who was. Great example of how you can be really proud of your own culture,、mm. but also kind of、uh, respect a lot of other cultures as well.、Mm. So, he was the one early on when I first bought the story. He encouraged me to sell sake and shochu and to educate people in New York about sake and shochu.、Mm. And he would do little things like send, you know, those visa magazines? Yeah. Yeah. So, he would like send me those、mm. and, be, and like, you know,、uh, post it, the sections. And、uh, I can't read Japanese, you know,、mm. but he would still send it, and I'd get somebody like kind of read through it for me. And、uh, little things like that,、mm-hmm. you know. And、uh, he was always so encouraging、uh, to, for, for me to,、uh, to kind of、uh, be an ambassador for those products. Right. So,、uh, so did you meet him in Japan? Sure, absolutely.、Mm. Um, you know, he would take us out to eat and, and, and just、uh, such a generous guy. Mm. Uh, so it's like a part of your, your family relatives. Yeah, absolutely.、Right? He's a family member of mine.、Mm, yeah.、Mm-hmm. Right. And、uh, just really funny and, and、uh, always, always、uh, quick with the story.、Mm. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah the storyteller.、Uh-huh. I love that. Absolutely. <laughs>、right. So it sounds like you've been to Japan、um, quite a few times. Yes, absolutely.、Mm. 
Uh, I love it there. Uh, I've gotten there in a few different capacities uh, on my own, on, on more like kind of a official visit mm. um, in, in terms of our industry. But uh, yeah, it's been, it, I think what most people don't realize, uh, take your average sake consumers, how big Japan is. Mm. You know, a lot of people, maybe they think it's like one island, right? Or something, right? <laughs> it, it is a huge place with a huge population mm. and so many. Uh, different cultures within that population. Right, yeah, which is not known enough. No, yeah, people don't get it. People think, yeah, obviously they think of Tokyo in the mm-hmm. same way people think of Paris or, uh, you know, maybe New York. So um, that, w- that's been, that was like the, by far the most uh, eye opening thing, mm-hmm. just meeting people from all the different prefectures, regions, seeing all the styles. Uh, and, um, it, you know, through food or art, it, it was, it, all my trips have been great. Mm, just give me like your favorite memory. <laughs> Eating, mm. of course, and drinking. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right. Eating and drinking with people who uh, are, are uh, Japanese, uh, it's a different experience. Mm. It's just, uh, it's really special and mm. uh, it's fun. Yeah. Right? Uh, so, uh, of course, the sites, they're very beautiful. Mm-hmm. Temples in Kyoto, the, the sites in Tokyo, or the, the, the natural beauty of Ishikawa, mm-hmm. uh, the mountains in Niigata. But uh, that's all great. Right. right. But what really hits home is, is, is the basic stuff. Mm. You know, enjoying a meal, enjoying drinks. Right. Yeah. How, how did you find the Japanese people drinking sake differently compared to people drink here? I think it's just more natural. Mm. Um, you know, uh, you don't look over your shoulder or you don't feel like, oh, it's this like, oh, look at me. I'm just doing this thing. Right. Mm. It's uh, in the same way, say, French people maybe uh, just drank wine. It's not that they know so much more about wine or mm. wine production or the science of fermentation. It's just a natural part of their lives. Mm. And um, I think with uh, Japanese people consuming sake, it's the same thing. It's right. no big deal. Mm. Right. Right. Yeah, it's like uh, my dad, uh, who just passed away, but he, uh, whenever he has a bottle of sake with him, the air changes, like, so happy, relaxed, and there's so much to, like, comes out of his memories, and I really enjoy that, you know, having sake with him. Yeah, so. that's, that sounds beautiful. Yeah, so so that's the magic of sake. Um, right, so so you went to Niigata and Kanazawa and Kyoto, and it's like sounds like you're hitting the best sake producing places. I've been very lucky. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, it's been great. No, no bad experiences. Yeah. So, how did you find the difference uh, between the regions in terms of sake styles? Uh, well, I think you know each each region has its kind of signature in a way. Mm. But when you kind of keep drilling down, you realize, oh, just because you're Sake is from Niigata, it, it, it's not like this one style. Mm. Although there's, you know, that, that kind of really signature, beautiful style of, of Niigata sake. Uh, you still have wide shoulders, bigger, brawny, earthier stuff that comes out of uh, that, uh, that region as well. Mm. So, um, and I find that you, you, that's the best way to approach it, right? You know, mm. you, you don't want to define each region as having this type of sake. Because right. then you you kind of do a disservice to uh, the people trying to do something different in that region, mm-hmm. right? Because those that struggle to stand out. Right. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you said that because some regions, like, you know, Spanish wine, like northern part, or like, you know, some, they, they have different styles. But in case of, like, Niigata, which is famous for, um, you know, like, lighter, crispier, cleaner right. style of sake, 
uh, because of the special ways they develop, developed to promote their sake. And uh, that's like a really regionally focused effort. And I know that、uh, Saijo in Hiroshima, they have certain you know, group efforts to promote sake as well. So I think J- Japanese sake is really characterized by good you know, team efforts in the region as well. Sure, sure. Yeah. So, well, that I think、uh, the point I think, is to visit different sake regions. Absolutely.、Mm. You got to keep an open mind.、Mm. You know, you, the producers also, they don't stay in one lane, they switch、mm. it up. They have every incentive to、uh, every new generation、uh, to, yes, maintain tradition, but hey, maybe we're going to launch a new type, a、mm. new brand,、right. uh, and it's going to be a little more modern or more, even more traditional or something like that.、Mm. So、um, it, it, it's、uh, constantly evolving. Right. Yeah, like that sign is known for high tech with traditional. Mindset, and also, I think、uh, I heard younger generation going back to old breweries to make it more organic, sustainable. So, that kind of new blood coming in as well. So, yes, that's exciting. Yes. Right.、Um, all right. So,、um, how, how many sake and shochu、uh, do you carry at Minoru Sake Shop?、Um, the number bounces around a little bit, but About 200 plus different types of sake. Wow. And about 100 plus different types of shochu.、Mm. And that's not counting all the umeshu and all these new ume based、mm. products.、Um, and of course, the big, big growing category of Japanese whiskey.、Mm, I know that. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's,、uh, yeah, it's a beast.、Mm. And、uh, so we carry a significant number of、um, Japanese whiskeys and Now you have Japanese vodka that we carry and also Japanese gin.、Mm. Um, I tasted some of those. It's amazing. Really, really, yeah. yeah. I heard the gin and the vodka market in Japan is so small because of the presence of shochu. It's almost like less than,、uh, I think, 3% or something. So there's a big opportunity for Japanese market. So I am expecting to see more high quality, you know, good gin and vodka. That's great. Yeah. yeah. I think some of them are rice based, even. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Look,、um, people want to constantly scream about why their product is different, or, but look, most alcohol is related, right?、Mm. Every alcohol is the cousin of another one, right? <laughs> so it's like shochu and vodka,、mm. yes, they, they have different origins, but they're still very, you, you can find a list a dozen similarities between them,、mm. right? So,、uh, yeah, I think it's a natural progression for people in Japan to make vodka and gin.、Mm. They already know how to distill. Right. Okay, no problem. Let's make vodka.、Mm. Right. I, I think, you know, even if it's distilled, you can definitely taste and smell the ingredients. So, that's a very exciting category.、Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, maybe in like three years, we look back and then, wow, we talk, we're talking about <laughs> it. <laughs> More products coming up. Right, so、um, yeah, I'm going to ask you about the shochu. So,、um, so, what do you think about shochu? How special is it for you? I love shochu.、Um, it's, it's such an interesting product in that it's like, and it's not fair to compare it, say, to like a Western spirit, which is, I think, a lot of people's instincts, right?、Mm. Uh, it, it's, it's like vodka, you know, if you want to explain yeah, it to someone. Yeah, just to be comfortable, you want to find something, something like、right. something. <laughs> right, so it's, it's distilled, that's fine, but、uh, that doesn't give credit to shochu's like kind of huge breath. 
right. in terms of uh, you know all the different materials that it's made from, all the different types of people, you know why it originated in the south, you know mm. more towards in the south of Japan, and uh, it's super high quality, right. uh, the different methods and uh, shochu is, I mean. You can spend years studying it and still not scratch the surface, right? It's like <laughs> yeah, yeah. I recently started to discover, and I feel like I don't know anything. <laughs> yeah, it's the diversity of you know how it's made, and uh, I think the yeast, how yeast affects each flavor. Even the koji is the same kind of thing, and koji's types are very diverse. I'm like, oh, I can't Absolutely. understand it. The cool thing about shochu. Um, is in terms of any distilled spirit category, let's say mm. take vodka, right? It's like, oh, it's made from potatoes, corn, wheat. Mm. And if you taste it three side by side, you'd say, oh, I don't really know like which one's made from what. They all taste the same to me. Um, and shochu, though, if it's made from barley, rice, uh, sweet potatoes, mm. you're going to be able to tell the difference so most of the time, yeah. right? Mm. Especially sweet potato, which most people are not ready for. Mm. If you've never had, you know, sweet potato shochu, you might say, hey, can you send this back? Like, I think there's something <laughs> wrong with it, right? Because you're not ready for that. Mm. And most distilled spirits don't have that taste and smell profile, right? right? But it's like a stinky cheese. You yeah. get addicted to it. <laughs> exactly, <totally. laughs> right? And that's why there's some of the most highly regarded mm. shochus are mm. made from sweet potato. Right. right. Um, so I think that that's, that's one of the unique things about the cat, uh, that category. Mm. And shochu... Um, you know, you can, because uh, it's just distilled, it's uh, 25, although I see, you know, like uh, Mizu Shochu, uh, Jesse, who's uh, doing that, uh, Mizu Shochu, producing it, it's a 35%. Um, so that there's a range within the Shochu category, 20, 23, 24 to right. 35 to mm-hmm. that. You can play with it and you can dilute it on the rock or any, you know, on the rocks, I think can be a good way to taste the real shochu taste, right? Absolutely. And, you know, I think for us at uh, Landmark and Minoru Sake Shop, the challenge, uh, the argument to the consumer mm. is not like, oh, drink shochu, it's better than vodka, right? It's not like, uh, it's that's not the argument or drink sake, it's, it's it's cleaner than wine, mm. right? You won't get headaches. Also not the argument. It's um, it's make room on your shelf for mm. these products, right? Maybe you want to drink them once every two weeks. Mm. And uh, uh, just because they offer a very different experience, but still in the realm of uh, alcohol consumption in a way that you're comfortable with, mm. right? It doesn't have to be this exotic thing. Like you don't have to like make your own sushi and put on a kimono and just like make it Jap- <laughs> Japan night at my house, right? It's too much. It's too much effort, right? Mm. It's like so. Just if you're eating pizza, yeah, one day drink sake with it, right? Or eating a burger, make a shochu cocktail, right? Yeah, like a Bali shochu, which mm-hmm. is like nutty. And uh, that's so versatile. It actually goes well with food. Oh, like yeah. Wine, white yeah. wine. Really beautiful. Yeah. So, all right. And uh, so, um, do you have any regional focus of sake and shochu at the Minoru Sake Shop? Right now, we do, actually. Mm. Um, we're always asking ourselves, how do you become a better, like, retailer, you know? Because as retailers, one of our jobs for kind of non-commoditized imported products, mm. you have to be a translator. You can't just throw it on your shelf and say, yeah, I don't know anything about it. Like, mm. just buy it if you want. Uh, you have to explain to the consumer why it's in their best interest to try it. Mm. You know, why it will be fun for them. Uh, so uh, how to do that is very difficult. Um, 
to figure out. So uh, what we decided to do uh, a few years back is, okay, you know, let's let's try to sell the romance of Japan, and then ease the customer into uh, you know sake and shochu, a mm-hmm. part of that. So then we started making proposals to different prefectures. Uh, uh, in terms of like, oh, hey, why don't you tell the story of, for example, we work with Fukushima. Mm. Hey, come in here and forget about the science. Forget about the, you know, uh, koji. Forget about the type of rice or anything, yeast. Mm. Just show me pictures of Fukushima. Tell me stories about Fukushima, the peaches, you know, the beautiful scenery, the people. And then let's, that, that's the best, that's been a good segue uh, into being like, uh, why then you should try their sake as well. Mm, and nice. uh, so um, some prefectures weren't, haven't been interested as we've made proposals to them, but uh, some like Fukushima, mm. Ishikawa, Hokkaido, uh, Akita, mm. you know, very different uh, prefectures. Uh, we, we've been working very successfully mm. with them to tell their own story in their own way. Mm. Um, and that's why during our tastings, it, it, we don't focus on so much like, education about sake or smv all these kind of things <laughs> which are important if you want to geek out on stuff you can get into the detail but mm-hmm. for 99.9 of consumers that's not that important right you're just sake you want to drink it right, exactly <laughs> right. so tell me uh, what's the story of Fukushima? i want to hear it uh well it's in terms of their sake it's just it's excellent right mm. the quality is up there. there's a wide variety um, you have really exquisite, expensive stuff. You have pretty, uh, really excellent uh, everyday stuff. Um, Fukushima had a, the government of Fukushima, right? The politicians, the bureaucrats, they have a big burden to rebuild their economy. Mm. Obviously, they went through some very horrific um, experiences very recently. Right. And part of coming out of that is not just fixing the buildings and stuff, uh, but it's also um, rebuilding their economy, giving people faith mm. that their products um, are safe and mm. high quality. Right. So uh, we focus, uh, you know, we, we tell the story about the science, right? Uh, how often their products are tested, mm. uh, why you should um, kind of buy the sake, why, you know... Uh, uh, so there, there's so many things like that. Right. I actually heard that uh, because they check, uh, you know, the, all the quality of the environment. It's, if you compare with something like New York or a big city like Tokyo, they're cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because they are, uh, they're under the microscope, mm. you know, so their water is tested, their rice is tested. They're testing when, you know, they're exporting it. They're tested when they're imported here mm. in the United States. There's so many tests that actually most alcohol won't get ever right <laughs> uh, you know so right. uh i uh, you know we believe the science right, right. totally oh, wow so listeners let's, let's drink more fukushima sake yeah the fukushima you know shout out to the uh government of fukushima uh they're really put their best foot forward mm. uh really enthusiastic um uh, intelligent uh and um like genuine mm. uh, staff that they sent over they're really really doing what they said for their uh, mm. their people. Right. And I actually, a couple of bottles, I my, one of my favorite psychic from Fukushima. So. Oh, great. Yeah. Great. So, All right. So um, how do you select people to work with, like blue breweries and distilleries? That's, uh, there's not really one method for that. Right? Yeah. It could be <laughs> I visited them in Japan and I met them there. Mm. Or it could be through a friend or the wholesaler has a proposal, things like that. Uh we're 
wide open in terms of who we want to work with. Mm. Uh, the only real important um, uh, criteria we have is quality. Mm. You got to have a good product. I'm not going to sell junk because uh, there's too much amazing product out there. Right. Um, so if it's just like a marketing thing, or um, you know, uh, somebody else made the product and you just uh, you're better at Instagram or something, mm. so you can say eh, we're not really. That's fine. You know, that's business, but we're not really as interested in those right. products. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the end of the day, you want to have something that you want to buy again because it's such a high quality and very precious to find somewhere else. Yes. So yes. that kind of product, I think, is very hard in uh, you know any product in the consumer market, like pen or notebook to wine or sake, of course, is kind of, you have to have your own specific reason to buy this thing. And if when you have it, you know why you like it. And you don't want to need anything else other than this. Like You want to be surrounded by those good things with you know, honest intention of the producers, regardless of, you know, food or sake or anything. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And once you have enough products within that category that you're comfortable with, then it kind of becomes part of your life, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to think twice. You don't have to go on your phone to research it right. for 20 minutes to figure out what to buy. Because mm. those are all barriers to entry, right? Right. So, um, you know, and that goes back to us being better retailers. Mm. We've probably made a lot of bad decisions on how to sell sake in the past. Right. But, uh, you know, now we feel like, you know, letting the, the brewers and distillers tell their own stories, letting the prefectures get in there and, and uh, you know, uh, tell their stories, mm. uh, having a lot of tastings and uh, also providing like just a really uh, definitive nice physical space for people to come in mm. those all knock down those barriers right yeah and then i heard uh for instance uh some shochu distillery the potato distiller um the new generation decided well we have to make everything and i think uh, the grandfather of the new guy um was told by the grandfather, no, you don't have to go crazy about washing the potato because there are some good bacteria and creates. <laughs> and then he realized, well, we have to be completely clean in terms of the soil. So he is now organic. Oh, wow. That kind of like, you know, well, wait a minute. Then if you do it, we have to be perfect. Right, right. That's kind of commitment. So if you hear that kind of story, you definitely want to buy that. Yeah, sure, sure. Right. So... Anyway, so let's take a quick break here. And when we come back, we'll talk about uh, what sake uh, is popular right now and how to pick a nice bottle of sake at the retail shop. So please stay with us. Today's program is brought to you by Corin, supplier of Japanese ship knives and restaurant supplies. Corin is proud of their Japanese culture and traditions, but they want you to know that their products are not just for Japanese restaurants. Their knives and tableware bring out the best qualities of food from every culture and fit into every restaurant, from French to Pan-Asian to American, and that is why they are located in New York City, where people from every country in the world come to eat. Corin's Tribeca showroom is home to the most extensive collection of Japanese chef knives in the world, including Japan. Stop by to view the exquisitely designed tableware and the wireless natural sharpening stones. They have a whole range of knife services, from repair and rust removal to reshaping and realigning. Corin is dedicated to this ideal, bringing the highest quality Japanese design to your table, so you can experience the unparalleled quality of Japanese craftsmanship in your home or restaurant. 
For more information, visit coin.com. Are you enjoying this podcast? Heritage Radio Network has plenty more. My name is Jenna Liute, and I'm the host of Eating Matters here on HRN. Join me as I talk to food systems experts about the issues that shape our experiences of buying, cooking, and eating food. You can find Eating Matters wherever you listen to podcasts and on heritageradionetwork.org. Welcome back. You're listening to Japan Needs broadcast, broadcasting live from a studio in Bushwick, Brooklyn. I'm your host, Aki Kotema, and my guest today is James Gum, the owner of the Landmark Wine and Spirits in Chelsea, Manhattan. So, um, so what is the most selling types of sake and shoju recently compared to the past? Like, say, when you purchased the, the store? <laughs> so, I think historically, you're going to look at just price, right? So, what's What's cheap? That's what people are buying. What's on the shelf and what has distribution? That's like Gekikan, Shotokubai, right? <laughs> it's a factory made. <laughs> yeah, it's a factory made. Uh, and actually, a lot of those are uh, made in the United States now, mm. in Northern California, some in Southern California. Um, so those always sold well. And those still sell well because anything that's kind of cheaper sells well. Right. Right? Well, although,、uh, just to be fair, I think Gekikan and other you know, major. Companies started to make more kind of craft style yes, as well. Yes, they do have better products. Right, so that's another progress. Right, right. yeah, and I do give them credit, yeah.、Mm. Um, and then in terms of more the craft stuff,、uh, say 10 years ago,、um, or you started seeing、um, brands say like Kubota, Wakatake,、mm. which were kind of expensive, but、uh, we were really in a brand heavy、uh, kind of、uh, time. Mm. Right, 10 years ago, people、uh, latched onto certain things and they said, okay, this is, this is good. I want this one.、Mm. Right, so those sold well. Those are pretty expensive, but they moved.、Um, these days, with, the,、uh, with restaurant tours doing an amazing job with their sake lists,、mm. uh, with media,、uh, you know, sake documentaries on Netflix, shows such as yours,、mm. um, it's,、uh, it's wide open. Ah, Any sake has a chance right now,、mm. uh, which is great, you know, assuming quality is there.、Mm. Uh, in terms of style,、uh, I would say the sake that are a little more floral,、uh, elegant,、uh, if you could use the word feminine,、uh, really pretty,、mm. those always uh, ring uh, really kind of、uh, well with the customers.、Mm. Uh, they, they love that.、Um, so. Uh, in terms of brands right now, it's pretty wide open. Now,、mm. like you mentioned, Dasai, they sell really well as well. You know, some、mm. of those brands、uh, still do really great. Right. Well, it sounds like、um, before we needed some credential by brands to be ready to pay for it. But now, because of the establishment of good reputation of sake overall, as a you know, kind of a sake brand. Overall, market of sake. So, and especially I think American market、um, export is increasing by value than the quantity. That means we have more expensive sake, but people are buying more expensive ones. And that includes less known, kind of like a niche brands. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. It's、um, it,、oh, one category that's doing better and better, which I'm so happy about, is、uh, namasake. Mm hmm. So,、uh, especially seasonal stuff,、uh, the really kind of prototypical、uh, early, the spring release, really beautiful,、uh, floral, vibrant、mm, right. products.、Uh, Namasake seems to be doing great. Interesting. Because I think, this is my guess, but、uh, if people, they know, the ex- people who's making Namasake, assure that this market itself 
then you can ship it. But Namasake, if you don't sell, it's going to go back quickly. Oh my gosh, yes. So that's kind of like win win, both sides. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, because around Nam- Namasake is not pasteurized,、Correct. so it's more refreshing. That's what people like in this. Yes. I mean,、city. if sake is the fresh fruit of alcohol, namasake is like you're、mm. going to the orchard, taking it off the tree <laughs> at the peak time and sticking it right in your mouth. Right. right?、Uh, it is, to me, it's unrivaled in, in alcohol. And look, I love all types of alcohol.、Mm. I drink bourbon, wine from everywhere, it's, you know,、uh, all types of spirits.、Uh, but for me, namasake has that one thing that I've never seen in other types of alcohol. Wow. So that's、uh, listeners, it's unpasteurized namasake. And it's seasonal, right? So it comes out、um, yes. like May, around May to July, kind R- of. Right. And then you have、uh, you know, other seasons,、um, depending on the brewery, right?、Mm-hmm. Well, release, it's、uh, all time operation. Winter, right. right.、Um, but yeah, that's, that's an amazing category that I don't think gets enough credit. And、mm-hmm. it, it's actually very difficult to get it in the United States when you think of. You know, there's only a few markets where there's a big sake selection,、mm. a sake selection, and then there's only you know, a handful of namasake brands、mm. within those markets. So it's kind of like a rare bird, you know,、right. seen out there. So, do you think、um, distributors are more educated, like non Japanese distributors are more educated about the, you know, how important it is to keep it temperature cool to transport sake? I do think they,、mm. they know. Uh, the realities of life are a little different, I think. <laughs> Alcohol is heavy, it's messy, it's,、uh, it, it's tough to、mm. transport. It always has been, always will be, right? It's right. one of those products you can't send just like, you know,、mm. in the mail. It's, it's, it's regulated、um, by this country so much. So、uh, I do think they know. I do think the realities are a little different, but they do a great job.、Mm. You know, just by opening a bottle of uh, spring release uh, namasake,、mm. you'll know, oh, okay, for the most part, this product was well taken care of. Because、right. otherwise, it wouldn't taste like this.、Mm. Right. Oh, that's good news. So, okay. And uh, so, um, the, in terms of customer demographics, are they different k i n d of people started buying sake? In the last 15 years? Oh, yeah. It's,、uh, it's exploded in terms of、uh, you cut across any type of, type of demographic category, right?、Mm. Age,、uh, you know, ethnicity,、uh, all these kinds of things.、Uh, you're seeing it completely, the spectrum widen、mm. so much in terms of who's interested in sake. Right.、Uh, and a lot of that is not necessarily like we talked about before. It's like, Oh, sake wasn't the first interest that they had in Japanese culture,、mm. right? It was something else, right? It's like, oh, you know, I, I saw it on, on a Japanese drama. Oh, I listen to a Japanese pop band. I love sushi. So,、um, you know, the media just being、um, everywhere now,、mm. uh, accessible, so,、uh, and information flowing so fast, people,、um, sake is, is, has、uh, touched so many more lives than、mm. uh, it, it might have been able to 20 years ago. Right. Yeah, it's not just an ethnic drink, but like French restaurants started to serve、absolutely. as a part of tasting menu, that kind of thing. Yes,、right. yes absolutely. Yeah, and also actually, it really goes well with、uh, French or Italian or completely non Japanese style of food, too. I think that's a very accurate statement.、Mm. You know, and、uh, that's food pairings from what we were taught,、uh, say, 20 years ago,、mm. they're completely out the window, right? right. Okay, you know, red wine, steak, 
right? Fish, white wine. Mm. That's all trash now. It's garbage, right? right. Because uh, food has changed so drastically. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it may ring true, you know, if you're just having a steak and you want to drink a Cabernet, right? Or Bordeaux. Mm. Yeah, great. That makes sense. Right. But uh, what do you drink when you go to a place that has uh, fused, you know, two types of cuisine? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, like, what do I have? Yeah. Or, uh, somebody's palate right mm. so somebody who's 21 years old now and they're drinking starting to drink alcohol in the united states they have a very different palate than me it's mm. like why because like they probably grew up eating falafels sushi all these things that i didn't even know what they were until like after college mm. right good uh, point so uh their palates are totally different than ours mm. and taste memories and yeah program differently yeah I- And they're just naturally more open-minded about what the world has to offer them in terms of food mm. and drink. So, um, well, that's interesting because I, um, you know, they, they, that's the generation who grew up eating sushi, like, like you said. So, if I go to a big party, like you know, like potluck, and then everybody drinks it, you know, brings drinks, and and I bring a bottle of sake, people flock into it. Oh, this is sake! I want to drink it. <laughs> like, wow, I couldn't think of it like 15 years ago. Yeah. So it's really becoming kind of in drink, and I think people had good memories with it. And uh, I can think of like you know I, we mentioned like sake goes well with western or anything, but it used to be you know factory made sake, stinky sake, that stinks mm-hmm. regardless. Mm-hmm. And now we were drinking this market right now. It's more refined and. Uh, It kind of like more fruitiness or some subtlety and uh, sweetness of rice kind of thing. That's what are we talking about. So that comes with the piece of, I don't know, um, uh, any kind of uh, creamy sauce in the dish. Or it's more like um, elemental pairings rather than beverage and dish. So that's the whole market changed as well. Okay, and uh, so the you see customers at all ages at the well, of course, they have to be over 21. <laughs> that's, the, that's the start, some of them are not, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, at all ages, mm. uh, and, and they might have different motivations, right? So, you can get someone who's you know over 60, 70 years old mm. and they want it for a certain reason, and then someone who's 25 who wants it for a completely different reason,、mm. uh, or somebody who just wants a, a can. Mm. Of, uh, say um, some some fun like, can of sake that has a great drawing on it. Yeah. Or somebody who wants something they could care less about anything floral. The older generation they want something a little stiffer, right?、Mm. So give me something more broad shouldered, earthy,、right. or something I could heat up.、Mm. Uh, so there's a lot of different motivations. Interesting.、Mm. So,、uh, but what? Why do you think? Where do they? Come across sake in the first place, like Japanese restaurant, or can be diverse. Yeah, you, you know what?、Uh, these days it's different. But back, say, 20 years ago,、uh, I think a lot of people's first experience in in the United States with sake was、uh, consumed out of a white carafe、Ooh. with a white, you know, porcelain cup at、mm. a Japanese restaurant、uh. in wh- wherever they lived.、Mm. And this was、uh, generally hot. And it was out of a machine, right? The zzz,、yeah. And they get the sake, you know,、right. they, they got yeah, the、yeah. bag or the bottle upside down. <laughs> and what's funny is、uh, a lot of people mistake sake for、uh, being a distilled spirit、mm. because out of that machine and from that carafe, it tastes really strong. It tastes like booze.、Mm. You know, it doesn't have any floral aspects. It doesn't taste like it's only 15% alcohol. It tastes like it's like 30% alcohol. <laughs> 
So that, that's one of the big、uh, misconceptions about sake. Because、mm. if we'll have a tasting at a store, people will say, Oh, I don't drink sake.、Mm. And they're buying a bottle of white wine. It's like, wait, that doesn't make any sense, right? right. You, it's, it's,、uh, kind of really, it's a very similar product、mm. uh, in a lot of ways. So.、Um, That's one like, kind of interesting misconception we've realized over the years.、Right. It, it is not distilled.、Mm. Yeah, that is so true. Right. And then,、um, by the way, shochu is distilled, but it's the subtlety. There's kind of like so many confusions in、yes. the market still. Absolutely. Right. So, all right. And、uh, so you're also based in LA. So, do you see any different customer demographics or trends?、Um, not that many. I mean, the, the big thing about California in general and definitely LA, it's、uh, the retail、uh, landscape is dominated by large retailers,、mm. supermarkets.、Oh. They move the needle in terms of wine and liquor as opposed to New York, where it's still an independent market.、Mm. And generally, it's all、uh, you know, independent stores here. Interesting. So,、um, you know,、uh, and in LA and New York, you have the same distributors and importers, right?、Uh, you know, everybody in the industry knows who they are.、Mm. And so you, see, you do see a lot of the same products.、Um, But,、uh, you know, and going back from New York and LA all the time, it, you do, it's actually surprising how similar、yeah. uh, it can be.、Mm. So. But、um, hopefully, though, supermarkets can educate people about you know, each label. Even if it's the same thing, you need a, a story behind it. Yeah, it, that would be nice. But、uh, in LA, I think that's, that's very difficult. You have a couple great stores in LA.、Mm. Um, and you know, just a shout out to all like, the amazing you know, sake sites. You know, up in SF, you got True, and then out here you have Sakaya, and, and then the new one that opened in Brooklyn recently.、Uh, they do an amazing job of educating consumers.、Mm. But、uh, it's so hard, even if you go to a Japanese specialty store like、uh, Mitsua,、mm. and you say, hey, excuse me, like, can you tell me about these sake? But the guy's like stocking the, the, the beef in there. He's like, look, <laughs> man, it's like, I'm busy. I don't, know, I don't know about sake, right? And you try to get somebody, eventually, you just get frustrated. Right. Right. So I would say the supermarkets, it's tough. They、mm. have a pretty decent selection、right. uh, at some, the specialty stores, not really like Ralph's or you know, Trader Joe's, but、um, you know, you, it's tough.、Mm. It's tough. It's still very、um, Western focused in terms of a lot of the bigger supermarkets and their, their selections.、Mm. Interesting. Right.、Um, yeah. Well, I, you know, like、uh, I, I sometimes go to Trader Joe's in the city, and、uh, they're, they're very knowledgeable. And I've never asked questions about sake, so hopefully they do、right. a lot like they know about wine. Yeah. 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 Okay.、Um, so,、uh, could you give us listeners some advice how to choose a nice bottle of sake at the retail? Sure, <laughs> sure.、Uh, most important thing is you got to go to a store that has. A nice bottle of sake because、right? <laughs> you're never going to get it at a store that doesn't care about the category. Right. right? So, just whatever you use, Yelp, Google,、uh, you know,、uh, find a store that uh, has a, a, a fairly wide variety、mm. of product.、Uh, and then it's so important as a consumer, and, and this is alcohol, I think, very often, you know, historically has done kind of a bad job of this, making the consumer feel comfortable. So you、mm. got to feel comfortable. Be like, okay, so what makes me feel comfortable? Pick a price, right? Don't compromise. Don't like, if you want to, sp- if you have 10 bucks in your wallet to spend on this, like, don't spend 50. Because、mm. it's very easy to spend 50 on sake. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, feel comfortable, pick a price range, right?、Mm. Uh, and then、uh, from that point, I would encourage people, don't be too specific or picky. 
mm. right? Because if you're just getting in there and you don't know that much about sake, uh, the spectrum of flavors it's not insanely wide, right? You're never gonna like drink something, spit it out. You might be like, oh, that's that's uh, okay, but not really my style. Mm. I think that'll be the worst right. uh, that occurs. But uh, I think it's important, like with any industry or any type of product, clothing, food, you got to taste a bunch mm. to realize what you like. Um, so kind of be open-minded about that. Mm. So, uh, yeah. And the good thing about sake is that compared to wine, once you open the sake, it lasts a long time in the fridge. It definitely has uh, some more yeah, ab- uh, ability to kind of stay Stay alive, right? You know? So I, it's it's very noticeable, and uh, even if you spend, um, say, thirty five dollars, it lasts longer, and uh, it's slightly higher alcohol than wine. So it's kind of like a good value as, as well. In Absolutely. Terms of- it, look, if you're like a lot of people, uh, you know, and you are drinking and eating dinner by yourself mm-hmm. one night, who wants to drink the whole bottle? <laughs> You're going to function tomorrow. Yeah, you're not going to make it to work the next day. So uh, those basic criteria apply to sake as well, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, um, it's like, okay, so you don't, if you do spend, like you said, $30, $35, you don't feel pressure to just pound it all in one night. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, a few days later, it's going to maybe have lost a a touch of its fruit, but it'll be still very good. Mm. Well, if you do keep it uh, in fridge Mm -hmm. and then... You know, like a gas thing or, sure, you know, sure. like a vacuum stuff. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty, stays fresh. It's much better than the wine, Very in my true. opinion. So, okay. And uh, Anna ask questions at the store. Is that another tip? Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, don't, don't, uh, don't feel intimidated by the category. It's mm. just, it's alcohol, right? Right. You know, the labels are confusing because a lot of the labels are still like straight Japanese. You know, you got to turn the bottle around to get the English label. Mm. Um, don't be kind of intimidated to ask a question. Right. Any uh, reasonable retail uh, store should should have some answers for you. Mm. Maybe not all, but some. Right. Yeah, you don't get angry when you go home and drink. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you have to make sure you get the good one. Um, all right. So, uh, so what is the best part of your job in promoting Japanese oh, beverages? That's easy. It's 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 people, right? Mm. Because uh, you get to meet everyone from the brewers to the importers, the marketers, even the bureaucrats. Shout out to the bureaucrats out there, the government people, right? <laughs> They're pretty fun too, right? Mm. Uh, everybody has an incentive or an interest in uh, promoting this category and, and, and kind of enjoying the category. Mm. So, uh, look, in this day and age, it's rare to just kind of agree on something and have fun with it. It's harder and harder, I think. Right. And uh, this is, I think everyone could could agree like sake is a, a really really high quality um category of product mm. and uh there's enough sake out there to last a lifetime in terms of conversation mm. so um yeah it's, it's the people there's no question i mean right. i think that for so many like, owning a retail store is, is it's not that easy it's just uh, a lot of headaches but uh yeah all the people all the customers who are interested in sake all mm. the people trying to sell sake yeah there, there's some really cool people out there mm, i think you're growing that base so <laughs> thank you for that um so what is your plan just keep going mm. you know uh you know i don't think i'm like one of these like big tech firms where like they pitch it to their investors and you have like an exit plan what's your ex- <laughs> what's your exit strategy is like i don't i don't know right uh you just keep having fun try to stay creative uh you can ask every sake producer out there small business is not easy these days right Mm. how do you figure out how to innovate and to appeal to new consumers um 
for me, that's like uh, taking something that we truly care about and putting it out there. Uh, and so for something like Minoru Sake Shop, uh, it's been a lot of fun. Mm. And we've met a ton of cool people, sold a lot of good product. And I actually think uh, we've made a lot of consumers happy. Mm. Right? Uh, so that, that's a good thing. Right. So, yeah, just keep going. I, I don't, you know, for a, a, a small wine shop in Chelsea, a uh, small sake shop, it, it's just, um, there's no huge plans of world domination. Right? <laughs> you know? Oh, for now. <laughs> yeah, but you have very good energy and focus. So. For now. Yeah, it's, it's, it's nice. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, fewer and fewer things these days you can just uh, look at and be like, oh, I, I like this. This is, this is good. Mm. Great. So uh, where can we find your update? I wish we were more, uh, we were more savvy marketers. Uh, yeah. We do have an Instagram mm-hmm. uh, page, uh, Minoru NYC. Uh, okay. And we have a web, website, wineon23.com for Landmark. And... Um, Jeez, yeah, if we were better marketers, we'd be all over the place, I guess. But uh, uh, yeah, you can find some updates there, our tastings and things like that. We'll have some really awesome tastings in the uh, fall mm. and winter. Uh, we're, we're starting to work with Ishikawa, so our Ishikawa tastings will start in September. Mm. We'll continue Fukushima tastings. We have uh, more uh, Akita tastings coming. Nice. And uh, just a real uh, great chance to experience uh, different, different types of uh, sake from different regions uh, mm. for free. Yeah, awesome. you know, nobody has to pay. <laughs> okay, that sounds exciting. So, uh, yeah, good luck and keep me posted. Thank you. All right, so thank you for joining us today. And uh, maybe you can come back to tell us more update. I would love to. I yeah. would love to. All right, so listeners, if you have any questions or comments about the show or suggestions for show topics or guests, please contact us at japaneats at heritagevideonetwork.org or akikotaema.com. And Japaneats is live at 3 p.m. on Mondays and always available at heritagevideonetwork.org, iTunes, Stitch, and Spotify as a podcast. And our engineer today is Jit Paul, and thank you for listening. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right-hand side of our homepage. Thanks for listening.